The New York Times sues over training ChatGPT. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Coda, your all-in-one collaborative workspace. Get started with Coda for free now and get a $1,000 credit at coda.io slash macvoices. You know, we've had, we have a, a lot of things here I wanted to get to tonight, but I want to definitely get to this one, not just because it's uh, part of Mark's background, but also um, I think it's, you know, really, really interesting. Um, did I? Yes. Sorry. I want to make sure I put it in the chats right. Um, but as Mark alluded to earlier, that the New York Times has sued um, OpenAI for – I guess, infringement on their copyrights, on their material, for allegedly training ChatGPT on New York Times articles. This isn't the first one of these suits we've seen, but it, it, I guess, potentially, arguably, might be the largest. And so, you know, kind of where do we go from here with this? Is is it realistic to expect them to win this? And if it if they do... Will it be just damages, or how will this how will this work out? Anybody have any thoughts on it? I always have thoughts. <laughs> I knew it, Jeff. I was hoping so. <laughs> uh, here's my thought. I don't know. No, um, <laughs> we we are in the very early stages of of the whole AI um, training thing. And so seriously, this is a land that has not been tread on yet. And cases like this will naturally be part of the process as, uh, as we figure out what uh, qualifies as a fair use of, of content, like, uh, like what the New York times is producing and the New York times, I think, they would be remiss if they weren't very actively looking at how the content they're creating is being used in other contexts. So yeah, this lawsuit doesn't surprise me at all. And this lawsuit and many that will come after it are going to help shape what is all right and what isn't as far as, uh, as content for training AI models. Um, my, my guess, and this is at this point, just wild speculation, because like I said, we are so, so early in the whole process. I think eventually we're going to find that we end up with a system that on some level, um, creates a compensation for the sources that are used to train AI models in this sense. And for, and for right now, what we're looking at it's it's not AI in general. This is focused on large language models. And it's important to to keep that distinction because the large language model part of this is what's really taken off uh, in the public eye since uh, thanks to open AI. So we we're going to be in for some surprises. Some big publishers will like some. They won't, um, but it's going to be a fun ride, and it's going to take a while. Maybe I'm splitting hairs here, or maybe maybe I just don't get it. 
But if ChatGPT, excuse me, if OpenAI had gone behind the, the New York Times paywall and trained it using articles there, that feels like one thing. But to train it on things that were openly available, that you know, that anyone could go to the New York Times website and read. I, I get the fact that there are copyright issues, but it just feels a bit different. It doesn't feel like anything was misappropriated. But maybe I I'm think not getting You know, even in that case, Chuck, if I purchase a book and learn a skill and then make money with what I learned in that book, do I owe the author of the book money? Here's another spin on that, Jim. You go into your local store and they're playing a radio station. Should the uh should the should the store be paying licensing to play that music that's coming from the radio? I do know the answer that, to this. That's been decided, yes, hasn't it? That's been decided, yes. Yes. And so is that going to be the same for content that's created by by news publications? But that's not what the, the question is. The question is, if you learn something, does that mean, you know, now if you use that learning, you have to pay the, you know, whatever the source of the, the learning was. That's not the same thing as playing you know, an exact, you know, that what you're the analogy to what you're saying would be if you had a big screen in the store and you displayed the New York Times on that screen, you know, as is. Okay. Not a perfect analogy. Um, but we don't have perfect analogies yet. In a case like this, it feels to me like, uh, and keep in mind, I'm not an attorney. However, I have played one on stage more than once. <laughs> um, it feels to me like this is a situation where it's not you are learning something or the computer is learning something. It's you are appropriating information that someone else created and you're repurposing it to your own end and mass. That's called learning. Is it called that's learning the, when the, you're feeding it into a learning. computer? That's the definition of learning. And see, this is this is what's going to be happening in the courts, where the New York Times will say, "No, OpenAI is is just I'm, I'm taking sure our will, content, and, and and they may prevail, but I I do think that a case can be made that that's just learning, and you know." You know, it, we're going to, like everything else new, we're going to, you know, it's going to get litigated. It's absolutely um, going to get litigated. But, but I, I don't think it's open and shut that the, you know, New York Times is correct. Uh, and and I'm not saying New York Times is correct uh, because I don't know. Um, I, I, what I can say for certain is that it bothers me to know that all the content that I have written for multiple publications has all been scraped into OpenAI, and it is being used to create other content. And uh, and in many cases, when people ask 
OpenAI to write something in the style of a specific person. It's just lifting what they wrote in whole cloth somewhere in an actual piece and dumping it into this. If it does that, I think that is sue their pants off. And absolutely. And that's going to definitely come up in, in this as well. You know, that's, that's not learning. That's plagiarism. Exactly. Yes. So I'm sure because there are multiple documented cases of this, this is something that will come up in the case as well. And, uh, and maybe by the time the cases are like really getting resolved, the newer LLMs won't do that. Mark, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Um, a bunch of thoughts. Yeah. Plagiarism is wrong. And we even learned today, Harvard CEO resigned, president resigned over plagiarism. But, you know, bringing back to the discussion here, I think, um, the issue is maybe not so much learning and how you apply something, uh, but I think you know, there is a general idea in IP of you know, creating a derivative work, and uh, certainly you know you know all of the uh, all the contracts I've involved in regarding uh, you know various uh, you know either pure creative things like a you know a, a, a script or a movie or you know I or IP like you know software that we're purchasing, etc. Um, you know there are general you know tough sounding provisions to you know, try to protect against. Okay, not only you cannot take this verbatim, but you you can't take you know all of what you've learned about this algorithm and apply it in some other way. Um, you know on a broad base, you know that conflicts with uh, you know sort of the you know, fair use doctrine. You know, of yes, you can take and play you know thirty second or you know thirteen second you know part of you know a Taylor Swift song as a background you know for you know a story, but you know you can't provide more. And I picked the I don't know exactly what the cutoff is, but you know there's a well established laws of limits of how much you can use for purpose of reporting of you know Taylor Swift has a new you know new leading album you know or you you do a parody etc. I think you know, we're seeing now that just because of the, the capability of these uh, LLMs, large language models, that you know we're opening up all sorts of uh, new questions. And you know, I've tried, um, I've tried, you know, to you know tell ChatGPT as well as the Microsoft thing, you know, give me the first paragraph of the New York Times obituary for Queen Elizabeth or Richard Nixon, and you know, can out can out flat do it, you know? So I, when I started to read some of the, I didn't get through the 76 page complaint. I only got to like <clears> page 30 and skimmed through the rest, but some of the things that I saw, you know, they indicated, oh, they had a little prompt. And the prompt was maybe the first, you know, eight or 10 words of the story. So I tried copying that and putting into e- either of them and they come back with, you know, you know, they don't come back with anything. So, you know, they, they come back with, okay, well, we could tell you more about this or the other thing, you know, just, you know, just, you know, query more things, you know, but um, it makes me wonder uh, about the veracity, which is a polite way of saying, you know, are, you know, the, you know, is there some scumbag liar there who's ginned up this case? You know, you know, is it a sense of entrapment, you know, for uh, the chat GPT model, you know, purposely for the benefit of New York times, because I couldn't, I couldn't get anything to reproduce it. You know, I 
again, I didn't spend more than five minutes. You know, I'm sure if somebody spent a day, maybe they might be able to do it. You know, or if they give them, you know, a, a 30 word extract, you know, of the article that uh, Chat GPT might, you know, spit back uh, the rest of it. Um, I have no idea. So, you know, point number one is we don't know the veracity of these claims, and it doesn't match with anything I've experienced in my own, you know, common life. You know, number two, you know, a lot of the claims, you know, seem over the top and hysterical, and they're just flat out fiction saying, you know, oh, this model stores this thing. That's not how these models work. They do not store the verbatim text. They store, store you know, relative frequency of um, when you say, you know, good, you know, what's the frequency, day, morning, evening, or it's a very nice, sunny in the day, you know, that's, you know, so they store your probabilities of, you know, text sequences of varying lengths. You know, that's that's how they work. And, you know, these, these claims, I think, you know, are just, and again, I don't know how this will rule if it goes to a jury or it goes to a judge. Um, but, you know, I think their claims are, are bogus. You know, I think they might have a stronger, you know, case in terms of, you know, just, you know, we have, you know, we have copyrighted material and we should be, you know, compensated in some way for your training on it. But again, you know, to Chuck's point, you know, if it's freely out there and they're not going through, you know, a paywall and sucking the site dry, um, then maybe the New York Times just doesn't have a great case. And we're going to learn a lot here. And it's, as Jeff was saying, you know, there's many, many open questions about IP, um, you know, that uh, we're going to see, you know, evolve and get trade, you know, decide over the next couple of years. Because, you know, the thing about these that are different, you know, to Jim's point, uh, I know a lot of, you know, people who are consultants where they say, oh, you know, I made so much money. You know, I took the chart from so-and-so's book on page 73 and I use that in six different projects. And, you know, that's that's learning, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, because, you know, G chat you know, tools like the LLMs, you know, they have a huge scale and they make it so accessible in a very compressed, you know, time period. Uh, it immediately invokes, you know, questions, oh, this is plagiarism or, or copyright violation. Uh, I don't think so. Um, we've, we've discussed here in the panel before of, you know, what degree of intelligence or creativity should be ascribed to LLMs. But, you know, these are all open questions. And let's strap in because 2024 is going to be a fascinating year to watch a lot of this stuff evolve. Um, Eric? Uh, muted. Sorry. I thought I'd rush things along and just silence myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, th that covered most of what I was going to say. My understanding was that a prompt of an article title was spitting back much of the initial paragraph of the article and then supplying the next chunk was giving you the next bit. My guess is there was just an error in one of their one of the structures they used to, to build up the articles. And it was easy enough once the complaint existed to fix that so you couldn't generate it that way anymore. So it doesn't surprise me that you weren't able to reproduce it. That's not at all different from when someone would ask um, um, Apple's person in the through the speaker to spit back you know, a joke or something, and a joke would come back that wasn't a, wasn't appropriate or was 
you know, wrong or a bad answer. And as soon as it got published, nobody could reproduce it because Apple fixed it behind the scenes. I think that will happen a lot more. Um, the the time frame between getting the behavior you don't want to see and having it fixed as soon as somebody realizes there might be an expense is going to shorten uh, just as, as things kind of get repaired. I don't think it should happen in the first place, but maybe just the, the threat of this kind of lawsuit will be enough to add some more cautions to these models as they're building them. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Coda, your all-in-one collaborative workspace. Get started with Coda for free and get a $1,000 credit at coda.io slash macvoices. If you're looking for a better way to organize your business or even just your projects, Coda should be the first stop in your research. By bringing together the best of documents, spreadsheets, and apps into one platform, Coda stops you ping-ponging between different tabs and tools. Coda is amazing if you collaborate with remote colleagues, and it really helps centralize all of your processes and shared knowledge. Since the beginning of the year is when you map out where things go from here, it's the perfect time to get started with Coda, especially its extensive planning capabilities. With Coda, you can stay aligned by managing your planning cycles in one location, set and measure OKRs with full visibility across teams, Communicate and collaborate on documents, roadmaps, and whatever else you need to collaborate on instantly. And access hundreds of templates and get inspired by others in Coda's gallery. If you want a platform that empowers your startup to strategize, plan, and track goals effectively, you can get started with Coda today for free and get a $1,000 credit at coda.io slash macvoices. That's a special limited time offer for startups and that means that you begin planning right now at no cost. That's Coda, C-O-D-A dot I-O slash MacVoices to get started for free and get a $1,000 credit. You can't beat that price. I love Coda, and I know you will too. Thanks to Coda for supporting MacVoices. Eric, that's you're dancing around something I keep thinking that yeah, these are all being, they're all being put out there because there's almost a demand for them. And there's a sense that if we don't do this soon, we're going to be left in the dust. At the same time, these are not necessarily finished products. The whole concept is not finished. I mean, the fact that we have ChatGPT3 and ChatGPT4, and the other day I heard something about just in passing a ChatGPT5. So these can, these are iterations on things that are going to get better. And, and I can't help but be reminded of something, and I hope somebody will help me because I'm I'm not quite sure what my memory is recalling about how they they tried to I, I think feed um, feed a, a GPT model with things from social media, and it ended up being you know racist and homophobic and nasty and vile to the point that they had to take it down, and so clearly hopefully they learned they, whoever they was that did that experiment, learned something from it. But, you know, this is all experimentation of, of where we're going to go with, with this and where the boundaries are and where the rules are. Well, um, that, that actually is a point in their, in their complaint. You know, they, they point out, um, you know, the relative, you know, the different, you know, body text corpus, text bodies that they used and the relative weight they gave. 
and you know, they did apply a lot of uh, you know value to uh, the New York Times uh, you know you know article base you know so you know they're they're suing for that so I, I think yes I think they're due some compensation but again we've heard of sort of the backstory they were in negotiations and at some point it broke down and you know now you know angry <laughs> angry partner is you know suing against the other one so um you know it's um you know like we're talking about in in, in the apple watch case you know there's you know there's hurt business feelings uh and you know there may be some gray zones in the law and you know, there's a court you know case cause of action and we'll just have to see how it gets resolved um, Eric reminded me it was Microsoft that had that problem. Thank you, Eric. You're you're right that that did it. Um, Brian, uh, you've been talking way too much tonight. You know, I had <laughs> I had uh, been thinking when when it was mentioned that uh, the New York Times, some of these articles that were found through ChatGPT were you know open, you know no non paywalled at least. Um, it got me thinking on that on that particular aspect of the story. And I was thinking, well, yeah, but when you go to a, a website that's not paywalled or uh, to read an article that's not paywalled, there are other things usually on the sidebars and throughout the article that you that you know eyeballs are looking at. That's what, those are advertisements. And you know, when you ask the chat GPT, you know, for a response, and if it's digging up that information through a non-paywalled source you're skipping and bypassing those advertisements, you know, those sponsors and things of that nature that, you know, in a sense are paying for that article, even if you're not uh, financially pulling it out of your wallet yourself to, to pay for it. Um, maybe think of, you know, just the idea of, uh, you know, broadcasting, you know, over the air broadcasting, your, your regular channels of, you know, your local CBS, NBC, ABC, et cetera. And, you know, how over the last few years, there've been a couple companies that have, come and, and gone through litigation because they've rebroadcasted those on, into a streaming source where you were able to, and you, you still have the commercials and everything, but uh, the courts had struck those down, you know, saying that you couldn't just rebroadcast it. So if, um, if, a, you know, an LLM model is coming through and bringing through those, those verbatim stories and the information, yeah, that does sound not right. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't the first of many more to be seen in this way. That's, that's a really interesting point because you're, you're drawing an analogy somewhere in there about ad blockers and mm -hmm. you know how the, the, the advertisers are buying ads on those sites. So their advertisements are seen and ad blockers block that. And so you know, and then Jeff brought up a real good point that, you know, he, he wrote articles for the Mac Observer, among others, and those articles have at least potentially been scraped to train an, a, an, a large language model. And Jeff, I don't want me to put words in your mouth, but I get the impression you weren't really enamored with the idea. No, it's, I would at least like to be asked, is it okay if we use content you wrote? And if not me, ask the uh, the sites where it's published, and have them give permission. It's just taking the stuff that doesn't sit well with me. Okay, and and that's very fair. But also, not it was either last show or two shows ago we had a discussion about the Internet Archive, 
and how they went and yeah. just wholesale downloaded entire websites un- under the heading of um, archiving them for historical purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, would yeah. it have been nice if we had been asked? Well, you know, at the time, they didn't think about it, and we didn't think about it. But now we are I, thinking I, about it. I, yeah. I think that's the internet. I mean, uh, it also gets reproduced in my browser when I look at it there, and Akamai is, is reproducing this, and it's getting copied through routers. Um, you know, if you don't want something ever copied, don't put it on the internet. I think this is also was some of the reason why people were driving content behind paywalls because, you know, originally back in the back in the old aughts, you know, after Google, you know, grew and everyone loved it, and then they went public, and then people realized, oh my God, they have a lot of money there, and they were suing them, you know, for, you know, you know, indexing, you know, their you know site content and driving people there. And I think some of the general discussion then was, you know, if you put it out there and it's for free use, you know, it's out there and it's for free use. And, you know, uh, as long as they're not violating copyright, which is a very narrow set of uh, protections, you know, it, it's out there and you really can't, you know, you really can't, you know, take a, you know, cause of action against them. You know, I think, you know, again, just doing some, you know, quick calculation here. If if the New York Times said they had like 10 million, you know, pages, you know, if sort of undifferentiated, you know, page views on the internet are about, you know, I'm rounding down, you know, from like four or five dollars per million per thousand views to to a dollar per thousand views just to make the math work out, you know, it seems then that the total value of you know the New York Times website is you know on the order of you know hundred thousand dollars so um you know and again ports and valuations and everything in business you have all these different points of views and hopefully they kind of converge to something that's consistent instead of being dramatically opposed but uh again yes i think you know you know, at a at a minimal level, you know, what's what's the incremental cost of you know the server and bandwidth time that uh, the New York Times you know incurred, you know, training those models. You know, what's the maybe lost you know undifferentiated advertising cost? You know, that's another thing versus there, whatever they're saying, you know, fifteen thousand dollars per you know article per incident for violated, you know, times you know ten million dollars that gives some gazillion you know gazillion you know huge view. So again, there's all these different points of view, and we're going to have to see you know what happens. And I think I think the key issue is going to be you know in turn on what is derivative use and understanding statistical patterns so we can write something in the style of William Shakespeare or Edgar Allan Poe. Um, understanding those different statistical properties, does that violate any fair use uh, you know, content? Or at least that's the way you know, if I were advising with law firms, you know, you know, defending, you know, uh, chat GPT, I would you know, try to take a look at that because, you know, um, the words are not, the words are not, you know, the, the word, the order of words is copyrightable. The ideas within them, um, not so much, you know, and again, there's lots of different domains that, uh, unfortunately, I'm sure James will <laughs> can comment in here that lawyers are great at, you know, finding shades of 
gray between all sorts of uh, different things. And that's Bart where we're going Fru to evolve here. Bart Fuccio, attorney at law. <laughs> Guys, this has been really interesting. Thank you. Um, you know, I, it just goes to show you, I think, how much gray is out there in these areas. And from, from the New York Times and ChatGPT to the Apple Watch ban, we all have a lot to learn and a lot of different things to think about and ways to look at it. As Mark said, everybody seems to have an angle to look at, it, especially the attorneys. Um, let's go around the room, let folks know where they can find you, and then we'll get out of here. Um, so I'm going to keep the order, well, at least the way the, it looks on my screen at the moment, because it's been juggling around a little. So Dave Ginsburg is first up. Dave, thank you so much for being here on the first show of uh, 2024. Where can folks connect with you? Yeah, thank you, Chuck, and Happy New Year. Glad to be here. Uh, you can find me at InTouchWithIOS at InTouchWithIOS.com. Find, find me on my YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash InTouchWithIOS. I'm here on Tuesday nights, and uh, we record In Touch With iOS on Thursday nights, and I'm on the Mac show, got that coming back on uh, Friday on the British Tech Network, and I'm on Mastodon at DaveG65 at Mastodon.club. Thanks again. Thank you, David. Brian Flanagan Arthurs, thank you so much for uh, for being here and for bringing um, James with you. Where can folks connect with you? Uh, so much. Uh, I appreciate so much for having me. Uh, Happy New Year. And uh, where you can find me best is on Mastodon, Brian8944 at Mastodon.cloud. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Great. And James, I'll get you to do yours again, even though you gave it to us before. Uh, I want to make sure folks know where they can find you. Well, first off, thank you, Chuck, and everyone for uh, hearing my thoughts today and having me part of this awesome podcast. Um, you could reach me at uh, X for Windows Twitter on uh, Justin B. James and also through Instagram at Red Button Trampas. Great. Good to have you. We'll, we'll see you again sometime. I, I definitely want to hear what your further adventures are. Jim Ray, thank you so much for being here. Uh, where can folks connect with you? Uh, well, you can find me on the internet at uh, proview.com, spelled funny, P-R-O-V-U-E.com, and also on Mastodon at uh, proviewgym at techhub.social, and still ongoing at artisanalsoftwarefestival.com. Um, Great. Thank you, Jim. Eric Bolden. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I can't wait to see what the birds are doing next week uh, or the week after. Uh, where can folks connect with you? You can find me on Mastodon at EA Bolden at techhub.social or for the, the birds uh, uh, EA, at EA Bolden at mas.to. You have a channel just for the birds. I like it. I like it. Jeff Gamut. Thank you for being here, as always, with your thoughts. Where can folks connect with you? Chuck, it's always a treat to get to hang out with you. And uh, and James, seriously, it's great to meet you. I, I'm glad you joined us tonight. Thank you um, so much. Great to meet you, too. Okay, where to find me? Social media, Jay Gamut, uh, Mastodon, Instagram, uh, threads, then shows. Seriously, this is my first show of the year. Um, here, here on Tuesdays with you, Chuck, then on Thursdays with Dave, because Dave graciously lets me join in on In Touch with iOS. Then um, uh, for the British Tech Network, 
The Big Show on Fridays, The Max Show. It's been a while. The Big Show on Thursdays, The Max Show on Fridays, and oh, also The Context Machine. Do that with Brian Chaffin. Wow, I'm out of practice. <laughs> Too much time off. Jeff. I, I should have ChatGPT write that for me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Well, Bixby, thank you so much for being here. I was, I'm glad you were able to make it. Uh, what's the best way for folks to contact you? Uh, you can usually find me at uh, WebBixby, W-E-B-B-I-X-B-Y, just about anywhere. But today I will do WebBixby at Blue Sky and on that platform. So I'm there too. So All web all the time. All web all the time. <laughs> Thanks, web. Last but absolutely not least, Mark Fuccio, thank you uh, for your commentary. Where can folks connect with you? At the site known as X, M A R K F U C C I O, at Mark Fuccio. And uh, back to you. 15 years ago. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm still processing that after, after uh, the beginning of the show. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. We do this Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are, youtube.com slash TV. except for next week. We will be dark because I will be at CES, and there's just no realistic way to do CES and do this show at the same time. So we'll be back the following week to talk a little bit about CES and whatever has happened in the world of Apple tech uh, between now and then. As always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com. <laughs>